All right. <laughs> Good. It's official now. This is uh, it's being recorded. She, she wanted to make sure you knew. <laughs> so, hey, everybody, welcome back to the Casting Guy. This is episode three, live here with Sarah Grace Lee, um, our, our our guest today. Hey, Sarah. Say, Hello, say everyone. Hello, my fellow human beings. <laughs> <laughs> Let me start off by introducing Sarah or how we met. Um, I met Sarah, I think it was 2018, so like three years ago. And um, I, I was, at the time, my office was on Sunset Boulevard. I was like in one of those offices right on top of LA, LA Models. And um, Sarah came in for some casting. I don't even know what it was. And I was leaving, I think as she was coming, Something like this. You might have to clear me up, Sarah, if I'm, if I'm <laughs> the details wrong, a little hazy for me. But I just remember like seeing her and being like, whoa, look at that Asian wonder right there. Hold on. <laughs> so, so then I, I, I approached you. I don't remember exactly what I said, but I said to you something to the effect that do you have uh, a few minutes to, to, to linger and talk with me for a second? Let's go to my office and speak. And so she was like, yeah. I think, you know, she might, she might have another rendition of this. <laughs> yeah, you're like, do you model? You seem really tall for an Asian or something like that. <laughs> right to the point. I was, you know, you know me. <laughs> you were doing your job. You were casting already. You were just, your eyes are always looking around casting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So she came back to my office. I don't know how long we were back there. I took a couple snapshots and then um, and then I don't remember exactly what happened, how we get, got together next. Um, do you remember? Yeah, I mean, we just started working together. Um, we partnered on smaller projects, a few podcasts. I mean, for you guys who don't know Aaron, he does everything. He has so many accomplishments. He does everything as like casting, uh, producing. He owns his own uh brand and agency and all these things that's and so we just started working on all these little projects wait 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 okay okay cool 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 I love that I love that thank you so much for the, the kind words thank you for that but let me set you up hold on Sarah is like one of the sweetest she is a light in a dark place straight up you know what I mean she's that 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 perfect verse over a tight beat Y'all, you know about that. <laughs> and, um, um, she just, you know, she's just, you'll see, everybody's going to see right here in this conversation that she's just, I don't even think she knows how to be mean. I don't think she knows how to upset someone. <laughs> don't try me. I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, um, yeah, Sarah, uh, let, you know what just share with us how you came and, and got into the industry or how you even came over where are you from give us like your 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 back your history you know your, your backstory oh I, I would love to so um I was born and raised in the Philippines I started modeling when I was three um and then I started dancing and then I became a figure skater for the Philippine ice skating team like a lifetime ago um and then I started dancing 
Um, but life there was really hard. It's, it's a place where, you know, at least when I was there, you couldn't really survive as an artist. So my dad uh, went to the U.S. to look for opportunities and a lot of bad, a lot of bad things happened and my family lost our home and we were pushed and we moved to the U.S. and we had nothing. I mean, we didn't have a home. We didn't know how we were going to stay. We just got here to the States and then we realized that we were stuck here um, because this taken away, basically. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I want you to rewind on that, but tell us how old were you when you when, when this happened, when you came over? I was just about to turn 16. It was the month of my birthday, December. <laughs> um, yeah, and so my family, we came here with nothing. I think that was 2008 or 2000. Yeah, around that time. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So you say like a lot of bad things happen. Like, can you, are you, can you tell us a little bit? What do you mean? Uh, yeah. The, so our home had been taken away by actually some, some relatives. Uh, oh, they gotcha. didn't give an explanation or anything like that. Sure. And life was really hard there. So my family, we were just trying to find a way to survive, make a living, all of that. Um, my parents wanted to provide a future for us. And me being an artist and my brothers being artists, um, you know, it didn't make sense for us to stay there at that time. So we moved here and, um, you know, I auditioned for a bunch of ballet company, a bunch of ballet schools, professional ballet schools, and I got a scholarship. And uh, it was a hard journey, but I was able to become a professional ballerina. I was studying in New York City. I eventually studied in Link at Lincoln Center with the School of American Ballet of New York City Ballet, which is world renowned. Uh, and it was a big, big miracle. But it was really difficult because I still didn't have my, uh, my working visa. Um, I was on a green card and it was really difficult trying to get basically my citizenship that way. Um, cool. And there were times when, you know, we didn't know we, where we were going to get our next meal, um, how we were going to pay our rent. Uh, but again, a lot of miracles happened and my family, my parents got work with a church and uh, we found a home in New York City. And me, I went on to work for Pennsylvania Valley. And at first I was 17 with just my luggage, sleeping on a stranger's couch. I mean, I had nothing. And at that point I was just working to try to get my, um, my working papers, mm -hmm. uh, and which, which actually got denied. So I worked a whole year, no pay, just trying to hold on and um, get this position in this big ballet company. And it actually failed. They told me after a year of working for them that I had been denied. And a week later, another big miracle, my, my parents got, um, got our green card. And we were able to get our citizenship uh, after many, many years, a lot of legal work, a lot of paperwork, a lot of time, effort, money, all of that. Um, and so I am now a citizen, <laughs> which is woo -woo -woo. <laughs> um, but it was definitely a long journey, a hard journey, a lot of sacrifices um, from my parents, especially, and me, myself, I, I definitely worked hard for it as well. Tell me about the, 
a couple things I want to ask you about there. Um, you said life was hard now in the Philippines. So like we know what life is hard, what that looks like here in America, but what is a hard life look like in the Philippines? I mean, so um, my family, we were one of the rare middle class at that time. Um, you know, times change, right? I, I don't want to speak for the people there now. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I love the Philippines, okay? that I mean, I still consider myself a Filipino. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's hard because um, of a lack of opportunity. It, it's hard to make a decent living sometimes, even when you're a doctor, you could have a hard time. It's just, uh, I think there's a lot of monopoly over uh, different industries, which really the disparity between the rich and the poor is very, very large. And so a lot of people can't even provide the basics. And the other thing that's really difficult, which is why my family knew we had to move was because being able to provide for your family might only last your generation and it's hard for it to continue on. Um, mm -hmm. Here, you know, you can get, you can get an education, get a job, and you know, you'll be able to provide at least the bare necessities like a shelter, food, education, medical, all of that. But, um, for my family, even if we were already middle class, it was month to month, it was year to year. It, to sustain that was very difficult and actually rare, especially at that time when I was there, I knew that my dad was doing so well in business, but it was hard for him to, to sustain that and for it to be passed on to his next generation, us, his children. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, like it, that's real interesting because, uh, you know, I know some people that live in the Philippines that are like super wealthy, you know, um, they're from, where are they from? I don't know. I, I can't remember where they're, they're, they're not, Fili they're not from the Philippines. They're like from uh, another uh, Sweden or something. And they live in the Philippines and they run uh some you know a company but i also like I, I had a i was doing a i can't remember the name of the charity but i was doing i had like a sponsored kid and he was from the philippines so like i don't how how young do kids start working over in the philippines i mean like what's what's what's, what's that like look you, you talk about the basics i mean like are we talking about it's hard to find running water i mean i'm just trying to get a sense Again, it, it depends where you are and uh, what, I mean, if you're top class, middle class, lower class, the disparity is very big, like I said. Um, mm -hmm. So the rich, you know, are very rich. And then mm -hmm. the poor, the, a huge majority, the majority of the population, some of them, I had classmates that, you know, barely had enough to eat. And I remember when my friend who wasn't rich was held up at gunpoint for his cell phone or his backpack, which really had nothing in it. You know, um, there are a lot of people that struggle to have enough food, you know. Um, obviously, you know, times are changing and, you know, it might not be the same now, but back then I knew a lot of people that were struggling just to, you know, buy food and clothes, all of that. Mm, mm, mm. Okay. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. Um, hmm. All right. Well, let's um, let's talk about what's going on right now in, in society and how this whole COVID a coronavirus has um, really ch changed the world upside down. You know, <laughs> lately I've been seeing you know more and more of this stop Asian hate. You know, and for me, I feel like that's coming out of uh, people like uh, taking something out connected to, to the coronavirus that taking out some hard, hard feelings on Asian community. That's what I think it is, which is stupid um, and totally like it's just stupid. But uh, nonetheless, I think that's where this is stemming from. And um, I just want to see, like, what are, what are your thoughts on that? And uh, yeah, tell us, share, share with us what your thoughts on that and how you, how you see that being connected, stop Asian hate. Well, of course, um, I'm Asian, so it is very heartbreaking um, when I see other Asians being hurt. Um, I think it's abhorrent, it's evil, it's wrong. And it, it hurts because it reminds me of my family, right? <laughs> Um, but when I when I talk about stop Asian hate or just uh, or racism or all these big topics, uh, I don't want to just address the surface. Uh, I, I feel like these days it's so easy to just jump on board, like hashtag stop Asian hate, and and they don't really understand or they don't really target the root. And I think the root of it is just hate. I think there's a lot of people with hurt in their heart, um, which also. Uh, comes up as mental illness or irrational behavior, all that. So I'm, I'm of the belief that everybody can face prejudice. You know, it doesn't even matter if you're Caucasian, uh, Asian, African-American, it doesn't matter. Everybody faces prejudice in some way. So when I talk about stop Asian hate, I just want to generally talk about stopping hate, you know, uh, and replacing it with love and how to do that. Um, Obviously, there are many ways people can do that, but I like to think of hate as darkness. And when you want to get rid of darkness, you can't just say stop. You have to introduce something else. Um, you have to turn the light on. You have to do acts of love. You have to do small actions that can help change things. See what she just said, people? I told you, she is a light in a dark place. <laughs> you kind of said that metaphor without even like meaning to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think that every small thing counts, you know? Um, and I think that it's hard to, to stop this big pandemic of hatred. Uh, and you know, when you say stop hate, what does that look like? It feels overwhelming. And for me, small acts of light, uh, small acts of kindness, choosing to, to do good, even if you don't feel like it maybe, um, helping out your community, giving a dollar here, a dollar there to a charity close to your heart, small acts like that, I feel make a big difference. And eventually I think will change the world. Also, like, let me just piggyback on that. I feel like like it's so much easier to just get along than to put up these fences and these fortresses around. Oh, look, here to go to these Asian people. Uh, you know, don't say anything. Don't don't offer them nothing. 
you know, or oh, they're going to black, the black guys right there. You know, it's just so much easier, which let me say, so I, 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 I'm going to say this. I, I, you can call me black. I, I just, <laughs> you know, like I, I've got white friends truly from Africa. They're really more African-American than, than I am. Cause I, like, I feel like, I don't know too much about Africa. I've never been there, but I know it, you know, you know, I'm not talking to you specifically, Sarah, but I just want to clear that up for everybody. Like, I don't mind like hearing, oh, the black, the black American, that doesn't bother me at all. And, and I feel like sometimes we're like a little too PC about stuff. And in our attempts to be politically correct, PC, you know, um, we end up kind of setting up these subgenres of people and further separating and dividing people one from another based on I identify as this or that. And it just kind of feeds into, I don't think, I think it's well-intentioned and all, but I think it feeds into the um, social division of, of, of these different cultures. When If we can just let go of that, get past that, drop that, we can understand it. Like, look, my life has been embellished and has been made better by the presence of Sarah Grace in it. You get what I'm saying? Thank you. <laughs> you know, when I look at you, obviously I don't see a reflection of myself. I don't see uh, a, a black dude staring at me, um, but, but that's not why I'm, it's kind of like, you know, all these different, communities that's in the totality to me that's greater than the sum of any you know like the sum of the uh, I'm messing up the expression but the sum <laughs> y'all know the expression <laughs> basically I can't I get it right yeah basically it's greater than the sum of the parts the totality of just like the whole let's just all be uh, people is greater than, oh, these are the, the Arabic people. These are the black people. These are the Asian people. These are the white people. You, you feel what I'm saying? Totally, I totally agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I hate division. Um, I feel like that's the main goal, right? To have unity um, and, and love govern everyone. Uh, and for me, I, I know how hard that can be. It's easier said than done. And that's why I always say, well, it needs to come from a place that's stable, that's immovable, that's eternal. Um, and so I find that in, in my God, in Jesus and my family. Uh, and I try to act that out one small act at a time. Like Aaron said, it's not about one ethnicity versus another. And the more we can just join together or find ways of incorporating everyone, giving everyone a chance. I think the more we get to know them, the more that we'll be able to relate to each other. Just mm. like Aaron said, you know, we might not look the same, but uh, deep down inside, when we, when we got to know each other, we found that there were so many important things that were similar. And mm -hmm. that's why we started working together. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, um, you just, man, you, man, made me think about like some different things right there. Like, I, like I, I've got too many different thoughts going on in my head right now. Like I'm thinking about, um, you know, even in this, even I'm sure well, you see, you met me in a casting office with a modeling agency. So in that 
in that context, you probably like didn't even think about it. You know, we're in LA, but right now I'm sitting in Detroit, right? And like, when I tell people, even in Hollywood, even in LA, I had some issues, but when people say, what do you do? Or, you know, I meet somebody and I start saying what I do, I'm a photographer, I work in casting, or, um, I, you know, I, I manage models, all that kind of stuff. People, some people look at me like, I had a girl once tell me, no, you don't. And I know it's just like a preconception that I'm not the package that she expects to see <laughs> doing my job, you know? Uh, and it was, it, it, it has presented challenges for me to overcome in the sense of like, uh, I guess just getting people to trust me because their idea of what a casting director is or a, a talent manager or producer is, it just doesn't, I don't fit that mold, you know, um, of, of what they think it should be. And, 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 and in, re, in reality, there's not a lot of, um, shoot, there's not a lot of, you know, straight black males that actually can make a living and, and out of these, this profession, you know, um, and casting. I think there was two or three, two or three of us that actually could just like sustain this, like not just work once or twice here and there. I mean, I did this on and off or not on and off, but like for the, the better part of the last 20 years. And so I understand why people like, might think it's a, <laughs> a bit of an anomaly you know what I mean and I'm right, sure right. You, you, I, I'm sure you can relate to that too there's probably areas where people yeah. you want you expound on that a little bit yeah absolutely um so like I said I became a professional ballerina and then I moved on to modeling and acting and all of that but in every industry I think especially in entertainment um before maybe three years ago, it was just a, a lot of it was primarily Caucasian. And I, I again, I don't have anything against uh, Caucasians. Obviously, I love Caucasians. All right, all right. <laughs> uh, but just generally speaking, there weren't a lot of people that look like me or Aaron in the classical world or the world of Hollywood doing the working in the positions that like Aaron works in. And I even realized that the most the, that I was even prejudiced against myself, you know, it was really hard trying to find my way, trying to find my place. Um, oftentimes it fed into my uh, low self-esteem. I'm thinking I was ugly or I just didn't match or my body didn't fit the, the, the role that I was, I was in, you know, all of that. Um, and, you know, like I said, no matter who you are, you will struggle with these prejudices and with these um, low self-esteem issues. But for sure, it's, it's something us as minorities may face even more because, you know, when you look for inspiration um, or your idea of what, you know, that position should look like, you don't typically think of someone like, like us. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the battle is also within ourselves, you know, um, I, you know, we so often say, well, they're prejudiced against us. And sometimes we're prejudiced against ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. You hit on some real key things right there. Like, I mean, growing up, I remember 
Like, I mean, just, you know, if you're superheroes, you know, I want to be Superman or Batman or whoever they were. And I always look at them and like, you know, you have to stretch the boundaries of your imagination because you have to say, geez, I want, I want to dress up and be Batman for Halloween or whatever. But like, you know, can, well, people, can I be Batman? <laughs> can I be Dracula? You know, it's like just on that simple level early as a kid when you, you walk around in a world that is predominantly, um, well, almost everything you look at, you don't see your reflection. You know, that, that does do something to you um, in your psyche. Um, like I, I, I'm almost at tears to hear you say that you thought you were, you think you're, you have self-esteem issues around whether or not you think you're ugly. Like that is, that's like heartbreaking for me to hear and be, be honest with you Sarah like I had no idea that you ever even that's blasphemy blasphemy <laughs> yeah I mean again so I, I talked to countless women and I think especially these days with social media and all that um, women or even men struggle with a lot of self-esteem issues looking at the screen right and what's mm -hmm. in front of us and I, I always instead of saying it's because I'm of a minority I, I just like to 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 speak to the subject, to the root of the subject. And I, I just think that no matter how you feel, whether it's prejudice against yourself or low esteem, um, there are ways of dealing with it. Doesn't matter who you are, you know, taking steps to act no matter how you feel, knowing in your brain that whatever bad voices are in your head are just thoughts or are wrong. Um, you know, just stepping out beyond your feelings or what your mind might be telling you, despite the prejudices in your own mind, I think that's just something we need to practice as a whole. Just making small steps to say, whatever I'm thinking, that's just, that's not true. I'm just gonna do what I wanna do, do my goals. I don't care what the world says or what my brain is thinking, I'm gonna do it anyways. And no matter who you are, you can do that. You know, you can step against those feelings of insecurity. Mm -hmm. I love what you're saying. See, to me, that's what ACX lifestyle is all about, you know, because I, I, I like, I'm not from the Philippines, but I'm, I'm from Detroit and where I come from, it's kind of like, there was no roadmap to Hollywood. That idea was like kind of far-fetched. The idea that I would eventually have an office on Sunset Boulevard, you know, um, or, or work really in Hollywood or even get where, I, where, where, you know, get to do and work with some of the people that I did was like, that's just like gibberish, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, um, to me, that's what, you know, everything, most of the opportunities that I've got or received have been things where I had to expand my mind and say, okay, you know, it, it might, I might not normally be done this way. I might not be getting the front drawer, the front door treatment, but I'm going to figure out my way into the scenario. And I'm going to figure out, I might not be able to do it like everybody else can, but but um, I'm going to do it some kind of way. 
And, and so setting my mind to that, like that's really the culmination of the last 20 years is like, that's what it means to me when I, when I decided ACX lifestyle, that's what it's about. It's about entrepreneurship. It's about leadership. You know, I'm not looking for, this brand's not about, if you want to just be on Instagram, flicking people off with your tongue stuck out, you know what I mean? Following every little trend. I mean, some of that stuff is cute here and there, but then there's, 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 there's like some of the stuff that's just kind of obnoxious in my opinion. And just, you know, people, sheeple rather just following any old trend that unfortunately i think 20 25 years from now they're gonna look back at some of these pictures and be like what was i think <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean you know so like um this is for me to to now be working with you and doing this whole this the miss sarah grace collection here <laughs> <laughs> before we before we get into that i want to actually piggyback on what you said because i want to talk about you a little bit um you know when we talk about people in in big positions like casting director uh, brand ownership and all this uh you know like you said sometimes we have this vision in our heads of what that looks like and how we might not really fit that mold well, talking about you, um, I, I, when I first met you, what I loved was that you were a doer because doing is what makes you that position. It gives you that that's your title because you actually do. There were so many people in Hollywood that said, I can do this. I know these people. Now, Aaron, he did know these people. He did do those jobs. He had those roles and those, um, positions of power, but he he was so humble about it and he just kept doing he never stopped he he was never lazy he kept going and looking for better ways uh, was always had his eye on casting had his eyes on the next project and that's what i love about aaron is he's humble but he's real because he does he doesn't just follow the trend he finds ways of actually working selling producing, casting, and he does it in such a humble and real way. Um, and anybody who has a chance to meet Aaron, work with him, uh, pick his brain, definitely do it because Aaron and his his brand, they're for real. I mean, they, they actually do it. They don't just post pictures, they actually sell. They don't just say, I want, I, I can, or I have this connection. They actually do something or produce something with these connections. Um, so for me, for anybody looking to see what a person looks like in that position, whatever that position is, um, it's just someone who does it and Aaron does it. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you. That means so much to me to hear you say that because like, seriously, like, you just like you you don't um you don't know sometimes like if you're impacting people um man <laughs> i'm sorry oh my gosh <laughs> i didn't expect that to happen <laughs> i might have to i might have to pause <laughs> no don't pause Muse, keep crying <laughs> <laughs> oh Aaron, i 
I mean, I mean it. Um, and, uh, you know, the most important, right, and that's what ACX Lifestyle is about. It's about the heart and all kinds. And that's always been in Aaron's heart. And that's why I'm so excited about ACX Lifestyle because it's it is so much, so many different kinds of people, so many different nations. And I, Aaron, you know, we're people of, of all kinds outside uh, an ACX. We're having some sort of technical one second. Um, hold on, hold on. Let me pause Just for pause. a second. This sucks. I got to right now, but hold on, hold on. Okay. I'll... Okay. And, uh, up a little bit if you want to. I'm sorry. No, no problem. Aaron, having worked with so many different kinds of people in so many different parts of the, um, I feel he is able to represent uh, a very well-rounded product, a brand, and all of that, uh, showing different inspirations from different kinds of people. And that's why it's called ACX Lifestyle, and I'm so excited to be part of it. Wait, 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 wait. What is going on? We're like at the heart here. This is going crazy. Oh, hold on. What is going on? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, sorry about the technical difficulty. <laughs> I'm just going to switch to the computer mic for now. Sarah, please <laughs> get back to what you were saying. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was saying how Aaron has um, been able to work with so many different uh, kinds of people um, from different parts of the industry. So he's able to represent a lot of different inspirations, a very well-rounded brand. Um, through ACX lifestyle. And it's amazing because it, it includes a lot of different, like I said, a lot of different inspiration and different kinds of people, which is really exciting and really perfect for these times, I think. Mm, yeah, no, and it, it, it couldn't be more perfect that I'm actually, you're, you're the first, Sarah Grace Collection is the first, like the leading, uh, I don't know what it's called. I guess just the first collection that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> when I come back to LA in July, we'll have to get together and do um, some more photo shoots, update the content. Right now, we're gonna we're gonna launch the uh, selection without necessarily, you know, not with Sarah won't be in all the pictures of the clothing, but uh, that's all right. Right now, we we we're making it happen anyway. <laughs> right, right. You know? And um, the thing that I want to say about this collection, uh, obviously it, it carries my name, uh, it's inspired by paradise. Uh, I want people who wear it to feel like they're in paradise, to feel like they are a dream, um, to feel like they're always on vacation. You know, obviously I'm from the Philippines. We're known for our beautiful beaches. I love palm trees and sand and the ocean and sunset. So uh, this swim line will be something that I, I'm excited to share with you guys. And the other thing about it is a lot of our swimsuits will be uh, adjustable, like to fit all different kinds of body types. So I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. I can't wait to see how how this is received when we launch. Um, and you, I mean, you guys can go to the site now. I'm actually getting ready in the next this weekend, Memorial weekend, to get uh, to get like at least the first five, six suits up there um, on the site. So they're available. Okay. Um, I feel like we, we, we've kind of gone around 
uh, we've got we've gone around like a lot of subject matter. I do, <laughs> I do want to take like maybe just talk about one more thing in closing. Um, maybe like what's favorite memory of you with me and me with you. So I'll go first. Um, I felt like I can't remember the name of the fashion show that uh, we had you booked in. I can't remember, but it was down in OC area. And we APAIT, a pay up. Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't know. But but in any case, like that was like a really, um, really low key, low key day where we just, I think the show started at like eight, nine, nine o'clock, something like that. So we drove out there around, I think we had to get there early, like four or something. But I just remembered that drive, it seemed like it was around the, the coast, down the coast. It was real nice. And then like that evening, I pretty much watched the fashion show from outside. Like I, <laughs> like I had been doing a lot of little hustling and bustling and helping with the preparation. And then I kind of, I let all the, the uh, audience kind of take all the seats inside. And, and I just kind of watched from outside. And it was just like the most, the, the sunset, the, the, the purple, that reddish purple haze on the night as that evening set was just beautiful. And then all of you ladies uh, walking the runway. And then I think um, that was just a real tranquil, peaceful, uh, day for hopefully for you too. I don't know what it was like on the, on the, on your side of it. But, um, I think afterwards we went to a restaurant. I'm, I'm thinking it was killer shrimp. Cause, cause I always like to go to killer shrimp. <laughs> did we go to killer shrimp? What, where did we go? I think so. I think so. Uh, it was really nice. I mean, I was so grateful to you for like even bringing me to the show because I wouldn't have had a way. I, I think I, my mm. car had been totaled <laughs> and, <you laughs> me out and you just brought me to the, to the runway show. And I, you, you know, you, again, Aaron has such a big heart, you guys. So if you get him as a friend, you will be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, tell me, tell us like, what's one of your favorite uh, memories or what do you think about when you know there's so many I mean it could be Malibu Beach it might be shooting on the rooftop it might be what's the restaurant I used to like to go to the fat pig or what what's the one you know with the um yeah yeah it was in the, Korea um, right yeah the one with yeah what was what was the name of that with the deep fried Oreo cookies and deep fried Twinkies <laughs> you know? yeah, it's no longer there unfortunately <laughs> Uh, well, I can't remember the name of the spot now, but it was, it was some weird name. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I have two moments I think that are super memorable. Uh, one was when we first did like, uh, I think our first collaboration, we went to the selfie museum and we just took oh. all these really cool yeah. uh, shots that looked like they came out of Alice in Wonderland. It was just my first time being able to um, kind of put my vision and you, you kind of helped me. And then we had a meeting after and those pictures came out super eccentric and quirky and it was so much fun. And then we really got to talking again, eating at a restaurant, communing together. It was really, really 
really special because that was the first time we really got to work together and then got to know each other. Um, and I learned a lot about you. And then the second one was Malibu. You know, obviously I love Malibu. I love California. Having that view, having those sandwiches where those famous people eat their their names Bob <laughs> or each sandwich. What is the name of that? The I don't I think I don't I don't know what the name of it is. Um, I used to know, but it was this it's a like, sandwich place in Malibu. A, yeah, I mean, it's just going up the strip. It's like a looks like a I don't know. It doesn't look like anything special, but like they were telling me that like I, you know, it turns out it wasn't just my favorite place. Like Shaquille O'Neal's favorite place. Like so many yeah, different yeah. people. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm trying to look for it right now, but I'm, I, I don't know the name. It's such a small place. But then after that, we shot at El Matador Beach, which is breathtaking. And we can't wait to share with you guys um, some of the footage there to launch our Sarah Grace Collection swim line, which I'm super grateful to be part of. I really am. And I hope it blesses you guys as well. Excellent, excellent, excellent. All right, Sarah, let's, let, we're going to let them go. I think we gave them uh, 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 enough. <laughs> Hopefully. Are minds blown. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if anybody gets enough of Sarah Grace, though. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Excellent. Thank you guys for tuning in. We, we, we really appreciate you being here and listening to, uh, to the show because you could have been doing anything else, so, much, so many other things, but you're here with us. Who said that? <laughs> AZ or somebody. I don't know. So, um, all right. Excellent. Sarah, I'm going to give you a call. Sounds good. <laughs> Love you guys. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it from the heart. Excellent. Excellent. Peace.